If you haven't signed up for the Discord channel, please do so. Majordomomedia.com. Discord, if you're not familiar, is... Uh, I don't know how the fuck to describe it, but it's a community <laughs> full of Major Doma Media fans, people that have loved the content that we made over the years, people that just want to know more about food, a lot of insight into how to make your life uh, as a better eater, better diner, how to live your life a little bit more deliciously. We have some great partners that have some discount codes. I know that the the, the gift buying season is over, uh, but that doesn't stop you from buying some great Things like Cometeer Coffee, Any Day, Athletic Brewing, my favorite non-alcoholic beverage, and all things Momofuku. Of course, you can visit us at uh, shop.momofuku.com for all the Momofuku products available nationwide at places like Target and Whole Foods. And uh, yes, we're shy of our goal, but uh, we have decided to, to keep Chris Yang alive and well and healthy uh, for one more year. So we'll see what happens. Um <laughs> few months ago, we had Lucas Mann, uh, and we talked about Acre.vc, uh, the venture fund that I joined. You should look it up so you are familiar. Acre.vc. I promise you I'm going to respond. I got a deluge of ideas and people looking for funding for their ideas, and I have not responded to everybody. So if you haven't received an email from me, I apologize, but I'm trying to do one or two a week because I'm trying to respond in a in like a personal way. Keep on sending those ideas in acre.vc. Um, and my email is dave at acre.vc for all of those uh, food funding ideas. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get on to the show. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. Thank you, Yola Tango. I am Dave Chang. I'm going to talk for, I don't know how many minutes, but enough. And then I'm going to get into a conversation with Chris Ying. The reality is Chris and I recorded something, and uh, the last 30 minutes of our conversation got real crazy. And uh, it doesn't make any sense. One of the reasons it doesn't make any sense is... I've been on a lot of medication because I've been crazy sick. Um, I'm currently on the men from shingles and I've been on some pretty heavy duty pain meds because it's been excruciatingly painful for me. This is unfortunately second time with pain uh, from shingles. First time I had it was when I was like 29, 28. It sort of gives me some insight just how hard I was working back then. Because the only thing that I, only way I could stop was getting super, super sick, unfortunately. And uh, this go around, I thought I would have been living my life not as stressful, not as healthy. I mean, healthier, 
But uh, I've been sick. My goddamn kids, who I love dearly with all my life, but man, they've been getting me so sick. I finally understand what every parent has had for years and years and years since the dawn of man that your kids will get your parents sick. And my God, uh, I think two months ago, my son contracted RSV, then he got the flu, and then he got RSV again. My entire family has got all of those things. I also got some kind of crazy eye infection that made my eye turn into something like sloth from the Goonies, was on antibiotics, and then uh, coming out of that, my back just got wrecked. It felt like I threw it out. And I didn't know what was happening. Saw a chiropractor, saw a doctor. And then what I didn't think was anything else. Then I got really sick again. I got flu-like symptoms. And then next thing you know, symptoms that turned out to be shingles. And I I was like, shit, I don't know. You get it two times. Um, If it was, I probably would have gotten the vaccine. I didn't understand that you can't get the vaccine for shingles till after 50, age 50. And the reality is it's chicken box. If you've had chicken box as a kid, it never leaves your body. It's stored in your spinal cord. And if you have a healthy immune system, it's always suppressed. Um, but seeing that I've been sort of so sick and uh, being a stress ball is sort of my natural default setting. It just reared its ugly head and and just crushed me. Um, so I've been quarantined for, for, for a few days in my office, stuck doing nothing. And... Uh, I had to take some painkillers and man, when I was recording this thing with Chris, uh, it started to hit and it dawned on me. I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. It was so jumbled. It was so messed up, not messed up. I was messed up, but, um, Chris is really busy right now. Uh, he is home alone with the kids. These are just real life things. And I've had the shingle. So we haven't had the time to make too much content. Anyway, my new year's resolutions. I want to get up at five in the morning. Every day. I know I talked about this maybe a few months ago that I set my alarm at 5 a.m., but I sleep in. And to be honest, I did it again today. But I'm sleeping in my office still until I want to make sure that I'm not contagious. But I'm telling you guys now so I can verbalize it into reality. I want to get up at 5 in the morning because I can't continue to do things that I used to do when I was younger and when I didn't have kids. My life has changed dramatically as it has for everybody, but I don't have the time that I used to have. I used to get a lot of work done. I used to do a lot of different things from like seven o'clock to 11 o'clock or seven o'clock to 1030. The evenings were my most creative hours. The times where I would be able to maybe not work service during restaurants and write them, write things down or a recipe development or et cetera, do a lot of different things in the quiet of my evenings. And then I might go out. Now that's not a choice. Uh, live in Los Angeles now. And I really just want to go to bed by nine, nine thirty. <laughs> that is my life. We eat dinner as a family at 5 PM on the dot. I just don't have the time anymore to, 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 to putz around, to have some solo time. And I think the solo time is important. Even if I'm up late, there's other things happening or I'm spending time with my wife or we're, you know, just exhausted, quite frankly. And it's not like I'm watching TV or going out or drinking or 
going out to dinner anymore. Those days are still going to happen, but maybe once a month, two times a quarter, only time I have left to do anything for myself is super, super early. This is a true sign of me getting older, a sign that I'm trying to embrace with open arms. And the only thing I can do is get up at five, maybe even 4.30. I saw a doctor recently and he said, you have to start to embrace things that are uncomfortable to you, Dave. You need to sort of shock your system and your life and, and do things that you would not normally do and really embrace that. And that's my true challenge for myself this year to get up earlier so I can spend time exercising. I can spend time trying to meditate more because I need to relieve stress in my life. And I want to write more. I want to spend time in solitude, creatively thinking about things, whether they're recipe development ideas for Momofuku, their ideas for TV shows, their ideas for this podcast, their ideas for the things that we have going on for the studio. It is a non-negotiable thing for me to spend time in thought by myself on a walk, on a stationary bike, on a run, whatever, or sitting at a computer like I'm doing right now, talking to a microphone. So it is unfortunately two hours past the time that I wanted to do it. I'm still not a morning person. I am trying to transform myself into a morning person. So um, I hope to see some positive results to that. I hope to hold myself accountable to that. I have to. That's that's what I'm, that's all I know is I have to. In in a lot of ways, I almost feel like getting up at five in the morning is when I f- how I felt about stopping drinking so much. I would come home unhappy, wake up with a tremendous hangover, think I can't do this anymore. I, I've reached a point in my life where I have to tell you that I can't wake up at seven in the morning anymore. I wake up at six forty five most of the times. I can't do that anymore. I have to get up earlier. I have more shit I want to get done. I only have so many days left. Legitimately, the older I get, the less days I have. I want to extract more. This is a diametric opposite of how I used to live when I was younger. When I first had shingles, when I was 28, 29, I did not think I was going to live past 35. And every day was going to be my last day on this planet. It really was. And as I turned 46 this year, That is not how I feel anymore. And I think the single factor, there's two factors as to why that's changed. And it wasn't work or my life in the general sense. It was, it has been my wife and my kids to make me realize that I can't work that way anymore. And I need to be present for them. I I like to think of myself at my worst as the most selfish bastard in the world. At my best, the most selfless person I try to be. And I think my kids and my wife bring out the best in me. And I want to be selfless. And the best way for me to be selfless for them and the people around me is to make sure that I'm on this planet as long as possible and not doing stuff for me, but doing stuff for them. So that is genuinely why. I think the earlier I get up, the more I can extract out of it, the more I can do for myself and the better I can be the better I can be a dad and a partner and a partner to my 
everybody I work with, the Chris, the Noels, the Docs, the Chans, and to Marguerite and the whole team at Momofuku. So that's my goal. And that's the, the weight that I put onto myself for getting up earlier because I have no alternative. Which leads to the second sort of resolution and goal for 2023 is I have to stop thinking like an old person. And there's nothing wrong with being old. That is not what I'm saying. Uh, almost the cliche of what it means to be an old person, to become inflexible in thought. And weirdly, and ironically, I would say, one of my goals is to be this grumpy ass curmudgeon as I get older. I can't wait. That's just going to be great. But even if I do so, even if I become a curmudgeon, let's not become, I am a curmudgeon. Let's just call a spade a spade. But I want to be flexible. I want to be open. I don't want to become inflexible in thought. I don't want to always compare everything to the way it happened to me and be uh, exhausted and frustrated at the fact that the way that I used to do things and the way that culture and life used to work for me no longer works for me because the world doesn't make sense to me anymore. The way younger people do things, the way the world makes sense to them doesn't make sense to me. To me, that's the definition of being old. Refusing to empathize, refusing to learn, refusing to grow is, is really sort of death. And I don't mind being a curmudgeon. I think it's funny as fuck. But I do mind only pointing out problems in my life and in culture without coming out with a solution. Safi Bacall said that in our podcast a year plus ago with his book, Loon Shots. I reference it all the time. It's one, again, we don't need people to call out problems and identify them. We need people to come up with solutions. I'm not going to say that I have the solutions, but I want to work actively to try to come up with solutions. Still going to identify the problems, but come up with solutions. And I think in order to do so, I have to get outside of myself. I have to stop being so rigid in thought and who I am and be open to more change. You know, I oftentimes think about that old high school experiment of putting a toad or a frog into a boiling water. Well, if you do, they'll jump right out. But if you constantly increase the temperature from room temperature, the frog will boil itself to death, right? It won't even know. I think whether it's the environment slowly tricking you or you not noticing changes around you, you can be stuck in your same age. You can be frozen in time emotionally and mature-wise, um, maturity, not mature-wise, and your understanding of the world can be stunted, and I really don't want that to happen, and I think in 2022, I certainly was, and I do think that I'm always going to be fighting depression. I've been on some new medication. I'm open to that. I'm not going to blame how my biochemistry works and my mind works for my default settings. I have a choice to change the way I think. And I think in 2022, I'm not putting a lot of that responsibility on depression, but I do think it was there. I do think that the change in my life has been enough where I had to reevaluate a lot of things. And uh, there was a lot of loss in my life. Uh, there's a lot of change in my life. And that change, I can turn that into two options, post-traumatic growth or post-traumatic stress. That's a concept that 
I don't know if any textbook or any book I've ever read has ever had before, but it's something that I learned from David Cho. And that's the way he looked at it, at, at problems and crossroads in one's life. You can use problems that you suffer from that bother you, events that trigger you, and they can always be an excuse for why you choose not to do things because you are positive that the outcome of any event will be negative. It will remind you of some event that happened in the past. That's one version of PTSD that I like to think about. I do agree with Dave's assessment, and that works for me, and that works for Dave. Very few people, I would say most people choose that first route, that first door. Some people choose the growth strategy where they endure the suffering, they endure the stress, the trauma, whatever, any kind of pain, and they, and they grow from it. They use that as a catalyst. And I, and I want to choose to do that. And I think for me, the last year, while there were some highlights, I spent most of it lamenting change that things were moving too fast and things were too confusing to me and they weren't the way they used to be. And I just, I don't like that. And and I don't want to think that way. And that was not useful for someone that prides myself on pragmatic philosophy. That was not useful at all. And I want 2023 and this day moving forward to try to be different. I will fail, but I have to try. I want to, to be clearer in thought and I want to make sure that um, I'm not just blaming depression. Um, I have agency over that. And I hope to embrace some new things. So I'm talking to my psychiatrist. We're going to probably look at some new drugs. And uh, I'm more open to things like maybe I will take up that prescription. And uh, I already have been... Um, I want to say entered. I did enter, but I've been approved for this, not psilocybin, um, ketamine, and do it in a way that is not recreational, but is uh, structured with a, 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 a rigid structured session with someone there. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know what keeps me from doing it for somebody that has tried recreational drugs, that has tried things like that uh, recreationally, I, I, there, there, there's something about it that I have to get over. And for those that have taken antidepressants, I don't know why, but the reason I I'm apprehensive to do so is the same reason why I was apprehensive to take antidepressants and medicine for my brain, uh, 20 years ago. My God, that's such a long time ago. Uh, cause I was afraid and I don't know why, but I think in 2023, I will get over that fear ironically enough, I'll do it recreationally. I mean, I've taken mushrooms probably a handful of times the past year, but to do it in a way to treat sort of my neuroses and my sort of brain patterns or lack thereof, I don't know why. I don't know why that's not happening, but um, I'm going to try and I'm going to address a lot of these things. Um, getting up earlier, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to read more, I'm going to write more. Last thing I want to say, well, I want to come up with solutions. I want to come up with solutions for all the things that we have going on with Momofuku, with the the growth of our sort of products that we're selling to people outside of the restaurants. Um, I want to come up with solutions for more restaurant ideas. So I want to be involved with restaurants, but be more efficient and effective with my time with Momofuku. 
is one. Solutions for the general things that I think about that often get spoken about on this pod. I want to think about the food industry at large for solutions and just in general, be a lot more curious about what is happening outside of my own life. And I want to come up with solutions for making things better, not just identifying problems. I think one of the problems that I will just mention, and then we'll get into the conversation with Chris, is how do we, these are the kinds of problems, how do we remedy this information gap, right, that has now been leveled? And I I guess someone could almost talk about it as information asymmetry, which is, uh, what is the definition of it? The imbalance between two negotiating parties and their knowledge of relevant factors and details. Typically, the imbalance means that the side with more information enjoys a competitive advantage over the other party. And um, in my thought, in my office, with my time by myself, the one thing I have been marveling over is with the internet, with social media, with the development of culture at large, and how this has really had the same pattern in every facet of culture, the way any part of culture where you can transmit culture, whether it be art, literature, film, television, whatever, even sports, feel like there's this universal pattern that is emerging. And a lot of this was because I've been super sick and I've been thinking about it. And this is how the conversation with Chris got super fucking jumbled. It was almost like a conversation where you smoke too much pot and you're just talking out of your ass. I'm going to stop myself before I go there because I'm still working this out in my head. It's been gnawing at me to come up with a better solution about, or even a better solution, I've already said that, a better way to articulate this. And this information gap, and it dawned on me, maybe it's clear to everybody out there in the world, but it sort of became an aha, holy shit moment. I'm like, oh my God, is that really one of the biggest issues? And yes, this can seem redundant to some or plain common sense to others. And so much so that it was staring me right in the face that I didn't really understand the significance. So let's just go back 20 years. You were able to do things, not even 20 years ago, even the, the advent of when French chefs started coming to America to open up restaurants. And I'm only going to localize this about restaurants and food, but this has happened in all facets of culture where you could do something, have open up a restaurant through travel, have uh, or some kind of information that you've earned have an advantage over everyone else through food. And one of the things you can do through food is you have to experience it. You have to taste it. You have to work there. At least that's how it was. There were no blogs. The information was much slower to have access to. So you could go to Southeast Asia and come bring back lemongrass. You could go to Sinaloa and bring back mariscos. I don't know. You, you, you go to Korea and bring back kalbi and not be Korean. You know what I mean? And I think this is very different than cultural appropriation. I really do. I, I think this is strictly information-based, right? You could go work for Alain Passard, and this happened, really. You could go work for arguably the most important chef in the world today, which is a shocking thing to say, considering that Ferran Adria and Alain Passard were sort of the Alain Passard has had the longevity that Ferran has not had. And I think Ferran is the most important chef we've ever had in the past 100 years. And Albert Adria of LB. So that is my opinion. I think he is the greatest and the most important. And I do think Passard is probably like two or three. So important. But at a time 
you know, say 20 years ago, you had people going to places like Talivant, right? This old school three mission star restaurant. There was an information gap. I know we briefly talked about this before in other podcasts. Younger American cooks learning to sort of finish their CV with some European uh, work experience would work at these places that were just archaic and old, like Taliban. They didn't know where to work. They just had to work at some old school, stodgy French kitchen. Whereas some people, and there was few, but few Americans were going to places like Pierre Garnier or Arpege. And someone like Alain Passard stopped allowing American stagiaire at become stages at his restaurant. I think, uh, I'm not going to say names, but one of my friends was the very last American to ever stage there. And he was telling me stories that, and not only him, like other French chefs like Tatiana and Pascal have said the same thing that, uh, American chefs would go stage there and then steal ideas and then put them on American menus, have these dishes that were, 99% 99% inspired by or facsimiles of arpege become dishes of the year here in America or iconic dishes for this chef just stolen outright. There was no way anybody at the time other than that chef could have known that because there was so much of an information gap. That information gap is not there anymore. Even for me, if I wanted to open a Momofuku today, I don't know if it would work because more people know about Asian food. There's no way I could pull the balsam that I, I, I cooked in 2006 today. People would say, that's not balsam. That's pork belly. What the hell are you doing? And why'd you put an umlaut over the A? Like, it just wouldn't work. That combination of pork, oysters, and kimchi, kimchi consomme, like, it wouldn't work. Even think about ramen today. It wouldn't work the way it worked in 2004, even though I intentionally made it not taste Japanese. I wanted to taste, make it American, but people didn't know. People knew nothing about ramen. The crazy thing is this. In 2000 or whatever, the early aughts, I probably knew the most about ramen in America. That's definitely not true today, but it was back then. That's crazy to me because by accident, I had domain expertise about Japanese, a specific pocket of Japanese cuisine that is now so widespread that almost every city in America has a good ramen. Ya. That's wild. That's not the information asymmetry that I'm talking about. That's just the spread of culture. But in 2023, I think it's going to be damn near impossible for anybody to have some kind of information advantage over a diner gatekeepers, food media, culture at large. We're now working off a level playing field. It's almost information, uh, this information gap that's been leveled out because of the internet, because of YouTube, because of TikTok, because of Wikipedia, because of international travel. The world is infinitely smaller and faster than it ever has been. I think 2023, I can definitively say, in my opinion, there's no more working in sort of darkness here and working on something that no one else is going to find out or figure it out. This is like a salary cap in sports. Everybody has access to the same stuff. There are differences. People are going to be 
better capitalized. They might have a larger marketing distribution in terms of their reach with social media. Uh, they might have better resources in their city, et cetera. But the one thing that everyone's going to have, that's a solution that's uh, uh, that will break this, this flatness and in information accessibility is artistry. And I really believe that that's your solution. It's what we were talking about the last podcast. It's what we were talking about with Jerry Saltz. Uh, again, if you haven't bought his most recent book, buy it. Um, if everybody's working off the same platform, everyone has the same paradigm. And I really believe that in food. Yes, there are going to be people that are at a disadvantage. I understand that. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But I would say sort of theoretically, more people have access to the same information than ever before, right? Then we have a level playing field. Now let's do some work here. Let's come up with some really great ideas because I've been thinking about Chris Bianco more and more, not only because he's my great friend and not only because I think of him as one of the greatest chefs in the world, not just because he makes some of the best pizza, but the fact that I do think he's an artist I can eat his pizza blindfolded and know that that's Chris Bianco pizza. That nobody's made pizza like Chris Bianco. I've had pizza all over the world. Nobody makes pizza like Chris. His pizza doesn't even taste the same than it does in Phoenix here in LA. You know how hard that is to do to make something taste uniquely yours when you have this access to the same ingredients. You know how many pizzerias make the same shit? So many with the same access to information as everybody else. And everyone has the same access to Chris Bianco's information. He still has some tricks up his sleeve. He, it takes real mastery, right? And I think this is the difference. Before you could get away with just sheer artistry, innovation, and creativity in food, and you can get that sort of magnified and put on rocket fuel because of the information asymmetry. That's not happening in 2023, and it hasn't happened for some time. But that doesn't mean you can't, you know, do epic new things. You still can. And I think one of those ways is by expressing yourself and your views in ways that you may be afraid to do. And I think for a chef, through someone that's creative in food, there are ways that have been untapped still. And it doesn't matter if it's been done over and over and over again. And it doesn't matter if everyone's doing the same thing. That, that, that means that you have the chance to do something that no one else can do because you are the only one that's lived your life. And I hope in 2023, people accept that there's no more secrets. Uh, there's no more, I know something that you don't. You may be, the only way to really accelerate that is through technical proficiency. So we need to bring craftsmanship and mastery of your craft. We need to spend more time being in a shokunin, right? That daily, daily grind of getting better. The thing that I'm so bad at myself, because I am too ADD to ever do what the Japanese do. I myself and everybody else needs to sort of step up in that regard because through that mastery of one's craft is the only way we're going to find artistry moving forward. And that's what I really believe in. Anyway, uh, you can see if I was highly medicated, how crazy this conversation went with Chris. So uh, apologies if this got a little hard to understand. Uh, I'm going to do my best to be a lot more clear in 2023. Anyway, I'm wishing you guys the very, very best 2023. I'm hoping that you guys get everything you guys want 
And I am thankful. I'm thankful for your support. I'm thankful for your listenership. I'm thankful for so many things. Here's to a great 2023. Here's to your health, happiness, and uh, let's let's do this. Let's go. Here's my conversation with Chris Yang, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hugo, do you want to say Happy New Year, everybody? Happy New Year? That's how I feel too, Hugo. You don't want to say Happy New Year? Okay. <laughs> that's so that's a good omen for 2023. Poo-poo, huh? Poo-poo. <laughs> you don't want to say hi, everybody. Hi, Uncle Chris. <laughs> Already. Okay. <laughs> Just covered his mouth. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. Well, um, Happy New Year. Uh, Chris and I decided to do something for you guys to... Nobody that we are working with is working, but we did decided to do it for you guys um, because I think we're tired of our families. So when I, I texted Chris, I was like, let's, let's do a podcast. And I think we've found ways to make this happen. I was like, yes. oh, guys, I've been, I've had, I got to do this podcast. The people have been asking for it. Well, my son has been sick for like two months straight. I have been sick for like two months straight. I am currently doing this, letting you know that I have shingles. I had RSV two different times. I've had some kind of eye infection that's not pink eye, but I look like, um, you know, the guy from Goonies. Um, <laughs> what is his name? Wait, but, oh, God. Uh, it? That's not it. Chunk. No. No, Chunk is not. No, no, no. His name is Sloth. Sloth. I look like Sloth. <laughs> um, I watched that on the airplane uh, recently. Fantastic movie. Holds Fantastic up. Fantastic move. Holds up really well. Yeah. Oh, I just realized God, Data's dad is also, a, you see him in a bunch of movies. Data's dad. At the end of the movie, you see all the parents. Oh, Data's dad you know, is there? Data's dad is actually an actor you've seen all the time. Anytime you need like a Chinese dad, he's the dad. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if he shows up in the actual credits for this. He thing. also plays like a computer scientist a lot in, in like movies. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Where's Data's dad? Let me see here. He's he's in there. 
we're going to lose people here. Anyway, I highly recommend people watch Goonies, but my eye was totally fucked, so I look like the dude from Goonies. Also, New Year's Eve, the New Year's resolution that I've already fucking destroyed was no more cursing. Um, so that's in it. Fairness, in fairness, we are recording this before the clock has struck midnight on December 31st, so you haven't ruined anything yet. You can still cuss all you want. And... Uh, I am I am a, in actually extraordinary pain right now. I have shingles. So this is a PSA. Get your shingles vaccine. If you're in your 40s, like I, I asked my doctor, uh, why? And usually, you know, it's stress-related or weakened immune system. He's like, yes, you've been sick for two months. And even on your best day, Dave, you're a stress case. I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, you know, I sound a little bit like... Um, Carrie Fisher in When Harry Met Sally. Every time they, <laughs> Mike Ryan's like, you shouldn't have an affair with this guy. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. Uh, hold on. Because I, I, I ran into you today and you said you had, you told me you had shingles. We just ran into each other around around town. But uh, you were At like- At the joint the- a seafood shop in Sherman Oaks because we're being um, forced into indentured servitude to be private chefs for people. And we both had the same lazy idea. Get some I got nice invited fish. to a private uh, to a New Year's Eve dinner with some friends. I, I want to just out them, but then I got wondering on the ride home after I bought the stuff to make. Did I get invited because of my personality or because mm. I'm free private chef? <laughs> That's I mean, not getting paid. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, knowing the friends and knowing that they can afford to pay somebody to do it. And that you got invited when you were like, I got invited and so-and-so wants me to make chirashi. I was like, does, did you get invited? Or does I, I, sort of want you to make chirashi? I sort of recommended it, but I was also thinking like, would I have made the cut? <laughs> <laughs> but like, sure. But like, what would, would Bruce Springsteen make most party cuts if he couldn't sing? Like, come on. Yes. Yes, he would. <laughs> But but you said when we were, Can I we were say, at the I joint. I love Obama. I love Obama. I love yeah. Bruce Springsteen. And I know it's a Spotify podcast, but that fucking podcast is so bad. <laughs> Not good. Not good. <laughs> but like, they're going to do numbers. Yeah, uh, but we both had the same idea. We both went to the joint in, in Sherman Oaks to pitch, pick up some dry aged fish to do Chirashi. Uh, but you were like, I have shingles. I feel like shit. It's the second time I've had shingles. And I was like, second time? The first time I feel like you were opening Co. No, I, I it was before 2007. I think it was 2007, year after Sambar opened up. It was a summer. It was super hot, and every day I felt like Job in the Bible. Right, like things were just falling apart. One day my hearing went out. I was like, oh man. And I, every day I would go. So like at that time I was going to Beth is Be- Bellevue Hospital in the East Village. Like every day, I was there all the time anyway. <laughs> But this time, for real, uh, my hearing went out. My jaw was killing me. Like, I felt like a, a tinnitus of the jaw. I couldn't do anything. Then my vision got blurry on my left side. I was like, what the fuck? And then my left side, my back started to hurt. And then I started to get sores on my, like, first started out like zits. But I still have scars all here on my left side of my forehead. Excruciatingly painful. Mm-hmm. And the doctor was like, you can't work you're gonna need at least a week to recuperate Mm -hmm. so i spent a week just in a dark room and it was really hard because it hurt so much and also 
the medicine they give you is for herpes. <laughs> and New York pharmacists are, are, are just jerks for the most part. <laughs> I think they do this. We should talk to pharmacists all the time. We should get just a pharmacist just to see what they, they do. I doubt that they'll ever admit it, but I know they do it. I remember picking up my medication for Valtrex and you go to like the Dwayne Reed and they were like, David Chang, Valtrex, much louder than any other fucking medication. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> anyway, I was there recuperating for a week. And then that's when I spent a week at the uh, apartment above Joe Beef in Montreal. And the Joe Beef guys nursed me to health. But it lingered. I had symptoms for about three to four months. And, God damn. And, and, and it feels like a sciatic nerve, pinched nerve uh, in terms of the body pain. In your in along the spine and and uh, the burning, burning it feels like your skin's on fire. So right now my skin feels like it's on fire. In 2007, you were extremely young to be getting shingles, though. Like oh, that's yeah, like a stress thing. Stress, stressed, stress, God, completely God. stress related. So uh, I was a little bit shocked that I found it. The doctor was like, "Oh yeah, we sent him some photos." It was, "Oh yeah, that shingles." I was like, "Fuck, God, dude, that sounds so." And miserable. I have been obliterated this week. I've just been obliterated. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my life. And I just wanted to say this as a PSA. Anybody that's listening that is of the age should get your shingles vaccine. Googling it right now. Get it. I typed you in don't sing want this. singles, singles it, vaccine. <laughs> the shingles vaccine, please get it. Um, I also didn't know this. Did you know um, that kids today will never get the chicken pox? Is that true? They'll never ever get it because they got the well, chicken no, they, pox vaccine. It's 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 it's, it's a highly uh, successful shot. Mm -hmm. You know, they get immunized against it. You can still potentially get it, but at least kids today have to get a chicken pox vaccine. That did not happen when we were growing up. Hmm. So what shingles is is really chicken pox. Chicken pox never leaves you. It's sort of stored in your spinal tap, from what I've been told. And in a healthy immune system, it's constantly suppressing that, so it never sort of raises its ugly head but uh, whether you have uh, a weakened immune system or some type of stress or if you're already sick it can just come out and that's what happens um so that's why if you're you have shingles you should have everyone in your house hopefully have hatch chicken pox or be immunized against it so um i'm just saying it you might see a sign for it so get it it's not something you need to get and now i'm sure that vaccine has come out because kids can get the chicken pox vaccine I had no mm -hmm. idea. Chicken pox was the fucking worst. They've already <laughs> cursed three times in the new year. <laughs> what are the parameters around this cursing goal? Are you just trying to go cold turkey, no more cursing on the pot? I really am trying to clean up my act. Let's uh, they gotta start. And, and on, I, I want to use big, biglier words. <laughs> well, super, super much, huge, huger. Yeah, those are very big words. Very big in terms of size. Yes, biglier. Uh, Let's try and go the rest of this pod without cussing. Let's try. Yeah, we've already tried this. That's not going to happen. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that's what's happening. I got shingles mm -hmm. and uh, I can barely walk. I can't even lay down because it hurts too much. But sitting down, yeah, that's better. <laughs> what you job, buy today? Man. What you buy today? Um, I got a little Akami, the lean part of the tuna. That had been aged. So so the, the joint is, specializes in, in dry aging fish. So that's where we went there. We got some uh, Akami, some Shima Aji, uh, which is what? Stripe Jack? Is that what that is? 
and then a little a little chunk of um or a king salmon that he had aged and then like a little few ounces of ikura for keith we had run out of ikura oh and i got a um I got a sea bream that he had aged because we had done we had done one of those together recently and, and salt roasted it and it was delightful. What did you what did you leave with? What's your same, plan? Pretty much the same stuff. Um, yeah, same stuff. Yeah, he has this. Did he? He has this cheesecake caviar thing. I posted it on Reels. Dude, I saw it that. Is, it legit. Yeah. Listen, for me, a great dish or great recipe is something. When the, the, the real criteria is clearly it has to be delicious, but it has to, the, the linchpin of this, this like metric for me, the barometer is, does it get me fucking angry? Oh, there it is. I already cursed. Does it get me angry? Because it's a combination, a juxtaposition of ingredients that are so simple. You know, it, it's like a Rothko painting or something you see at the MoMA. I could have done that, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that gets me so upset. It's something that I will put into the combination of the Josh Skeen's concepts of the world, right? Mm. Epoise with caviar. Mm. Something perversely wrong with it. It really is this, it resides in that world of something wrong with this. And I love it. And it's an extraordinary amount of caviar. And he puts candied lemon zest or uh, Meyer lemon on a, a very underdone Basque cheesecake, mm-hmm. Basque style cheesecake, and it is made me angry because that should have been my my idea. <laughs> but again, somebody else could do it, but they'll say, "Well, it's a it's the same idea, but I'm using key lime, but delicious." Uh, so it's like really a, a good, sweet and salty. It's the epitome of sweet salty. Um, so if you can imagine uh, what a Basque style cheesecake, it's a very soft, runny. Uh, it's not nearly anything remotely close to the New York style style cheesecake. It is a little bit burnt on top, but it's it's very soft. It feels like texturally like a a a, a very well tempt runny cheese, mm-hmm. and uh, I just it was staring me right in the face in terms of that combination. I never did it, so that's why I said, hats off to you, Leeway. Great Man, idea. It just mountains Great of caviar idea. on top. Oh my Woo. god, that sounds delightful. Good anyway, I'm I'm making the same shit um, for New Year's Eve. Um, but how 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 has the holidays been? It's been very difficult for me because of the health. Yeah, we we had we had some bouts with health. We had some near COVID scares. All the whole we had the whole gamut, man. And uh, everybody turned out fine. We all we all stayed free of the uh, Rona, whatever. But um, we drove up to Sonoma. Long, long drive. And as we were approaching Berkeley, uh, my wife was like, I think you need to pull over the car because <laughs> I'm going to be sick. And uh, suffice to say, I didn't make it to the side of the road before things happened. <laughs> Just like, oh, nice. Some people were like, I was trying to merge into the, the, the slow lane and somebody was kindly letting me in, like, which doesn't happen. Like people don't let you in anywhere. Like, oh my God, people are horrible on, on the roads. This person let me in and they will never let anybody in again. <laughs> Because just like immediately upon doing so, sorry, Jamie, I'm I'm throwing you under the bus, but she yacked out the side of our car. So yeah, that oh, was Jamie. Christmas. That was Christmas. It was a it was a full house. How was and... how was, was San Juan? <sighs> outrageous, just outrageous. We got to go. That was the. We oh, went, I'm I not talking only... to Corey Lee ever again. <laughs> <laughs> what is what slight has Corey Lee uh, no. pulled on you? No, I. I um... 
think he's in Korea. I think he's getting married. Is that right? Yeah. Slick little devil. Just out there marrying. Nice invite for us, huh? I know. Thanks, Corey. No, truly, Thanks. I wouldn't have gone anyway, but... <laughs> No, Side Hunt 1 was amazing, man. It was so, so, so delicious. Yeah, Corey, I, Corey's I, mad at me. He's like, let's <laughs> play golf or something. And he's, he was supposed to be your first December 4th. I said, yeah, I'm free. Ghosted. Me. So you he know wants, what, Corey? You're dead to me now. He wants to play with you real bad. Nope. I offered the, the olive branch and that's he put big, it in a wood chipper. He put it in the wood chipper. That's a big olive branch, I will say, because you have denied everybody playing golf like you won't play with I just want to beat the crap out of him <laughs> sign one was amazing man i uh <laughs> my friends are always scared i was like we were, we were eating we we're eating and my friends are always like we're like being tentative around like you know the last few pieces of whatever and i was like why aren't you eating and they were like because we didn't see you order and we don't know how much more there is to come. So we're just being, we're like pacing ourselves. And I was like, no, 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 there's nothing, there's nothing else. Just eat. So they were eating. And then I did forget that I had ordered like a gigantic hot pot of yuktejang at the end that came out and just like terrified all of them with its like tendony goodness. But it was great. Well. I wish I could see you guys eating that yukejang. If you don't know what yukejang is, it's a spicy Korean beef soup with with ferns in it. I don't like the fern bit. Literally, the plant, a fern. <laughs> the ancient plant, the ancient <laughs> fern. Gross. <laughs> that I don't like. Um, did they put rice in it? No, they did uh, like knife cut noodles. Well, kalguksu. Yeah. That's fusion. Sorry. People would people would riot in the streets. That restaurant has a lot of Korean customers. I will say, interestingly, because well, it's where else are you going to eat in San Francisco? I think that's the tr- I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing. What did you end up cooking after the well, much just for the holidays, Christmas? Oh man, I I I uh, I ordered a bunch of stuff from Regalis, and <sighs> uh, that was my Christmas present to everybody. I I made some truffles pasta one night i did uh i stuffed a, a wagyu chuck short rib with truffles yeah. rest that off and made uh i did that whole raw seafood tarashi make it your your own maki roll extravaganza um did i do something with the caviar what did we do with caviar i served something with caviar it wasn't fried chicken <laughs> oh like- I made mashed potatoes. Oh, that's right. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my that was god. wonderful. Oh my god! But I'm looking forward to the the wheel of constraint for January. So let's just set this now. Noel's not here. It's going to be pretty. We're going back. No sugar. Okay. No sugar. I need it. I need yeah. it so bad. I'm excited for this. I'm I'm desperate for this. I'm desperate for for the wheel of constraint. Now. Last time you talked about it, though, you said you wanted to integrate cheat days. Yeah, I think it's important to do one. But So let's put it this way, to, to elongate this challenge. There has to be a winner for the person that can do it the longest. Okay. Then whoever breaks, then you can start a cheat day once a week. Once you've broken, you can cheat then day once a week. Then you can do one cheat day okay. for that. For, for, for that. <laughs> okay. Okay. The okay. other thing we need to do is 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 get the activity monitor going. We need to be able to whether it's an Oura ring or something or your iWatch track, not about calories burned, about 
cardio done. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question about that. This is this is a serious question. Let's say, let's say we just like something happens to January first, twenty twenty three, and and we we suddenly turn over new leaves as people. Let's say this this works and this sticks. Tiny chance that for the next year we stay on like a no sugar diet with a cheat day. We're very active people. We suddenly are ejected, evicted, expelled from the big boy Asian club. Do you think we become, I mean, we're not that likable to start out with. Do you think that people like us less if we become skinny boys? On TikTok and Instagram, you have those people that are now doing life transformation. I'm going to lift. I'm going to run. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do whatever. That's all kinds of shit. Mm -hmm. People that are in shape, they're like, I'm not going to do whatever. I'm only going to lift weights and look how strong I am. This guy that keeps on popping up my feed, I, I'm going to find him and I'll, and I'll share it with the Discord channel. I find it to be, a, I want it to be a case study. Have you seen this guy? He's bald. He's big. He's a white guy. And he has all of these videos of him being super, super overweight. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it's like he gained weight intentionally and had a director <laughs> plot out all the different cuts and edits he was going to have. Yeah. 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 Like he, he had to be so methodical about every angle and all the ways it was going to become content down the road. Mm-hmm. It's unnerving mm-hmm. because now he's extremely fit a year later. He's lost like 150 pounds. He's super jacked and he's smiling. He's a smiling overweight dude with his huge belly. And he's like, ha 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 ha. And then he's like, Urgh. Immediately (laughs) doing the same actions. And there are so many variations of him in the unhealthy state Mm -hmm. doing some, it's shocking the production value. It's low production value, but the ability, the fact that he was able to produce it. Right. Like he has almost like he was forward in time and backwards in time. Like he had foresight a year and a half ago to like start jumping into a pool as a fat guy so that he could land in the pool as a skinny guy. Right. Like he had all these like sort of planned pieces of content. Now, Chang, are you sure? Are you sure he didn't start as a thin guy, (laughs) do all of his thin guy stuff, then get fat over and like, he's actually fat now recording the fat content to go back in time. Now that'd be an easier way to do this. That's what I'm, I, I, the funny thing is I, I, I've never like liked it or saved it, but I'm thinking that he was a super in shape dude to begin with. Right. Then during the first year of the pandemic, was like, let's do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but there I don't are know, so many like, videos of, of this now that I don't know if it's real or not. And it's very George Santos of, uh, it feels fishy. Dude, everything feels 2023 is the year of the fish. It is so fishy out there, man. It's so fishy. And I mean, like, <laughs> there are so many, like you're saying, of people who are like, I was fat and my, you know, girlfriend broke up with me and now look at me now, right? I lost all this weight. But like, <laughs> do you think there are like thousands and thousands of people who like took their their before photo and just have their before photo sitting on their phone, like waiting for someday when they become their after body? Because I have plenty yeah. of before photos. I, I can't find this guy. I wish I liked one of his posts. Now I'm never going to find this guy. 
Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I, 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 I've been on a, a healthy eating binge, um, but the past week has been very unhealthy in terms of the, what I've been eating. But the reality is what I've been eating the past week was really just normal eating before. How do you mean? Normal eating for you or normal eating for normal humans? Normal eating for me. Mm-hmm. Like what? Just going out to dinner. I've gone out to dinner a bunch this week. Even though I've been in extreme pain, you know, I, last night I went to Antico in K-Town. Great restaurant. Chef Chad Colby, if you haven't been uh, in LA, it's a great, great restaurant. He used to be the, sh- uh, the, the chef at uh, Chispaca. It's almost like, I still love Chispaca. I've gone there a lot, but it's a great restaurant. Get the ice cream. I We didn't order that crazy. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, I had, you know, some eggs. And then I had some lunch. And then I have this. I was like, whoa, that's a lot of, <laughs> lot of calories. Yeah. That going out like, to eat is not good for you. Going out to eat is not good for you. Have you been have you been going out with just Grace? You've been going with the whole family? What have you been doing? Um the in-laws no, like to go we, out? The reason why we've been going out is the in-laws are here. Oh, so you're as pain in. as, 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 as I'm in a lot of pain, I have I would rather stay, but Grace is like, we gotta get out of here. You got to take advantage of the baby care. It's crazy. That happened to me too. Like it was, we arrived in Sonoma and we had like plans to leave the kids with the in-laws and Jamie was like sick and like just barely recovering. And I was like, do you want to cancel? She's like, no, we have to go. Even if we just go sit somewhere. And I was like, okay, let's go. You're the one who's sick. Let's go sit outside somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're, we're going to start the wheel of constraint. I don't think Noel's going to join us, but it could just be mono e mono here. And I'm going to I'm going to crush you. You're not. You're not. I will crush you. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to win this. I'm going to become part of the skinny Asian boy club, the Sabs. All right, well that was our conversation with Chris. Happy New Year everybody. Yeah, we got a lot in store for you guys and I know a lot of the things I was talking about at the top of this podcast, we're going to flesh this out. It's 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 just percolating in my brain. And uh, we're going to get it distilled into something that is more clear and uh, easy to understand. Anyway, be good, everybody. 